You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Do you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? No. Neither did I. I was just asking. This is Dirt and Sprague. Oh, yeah. Gee. Yeah. Didn't we lock you in the dumpster one time? I got out. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. That's somebody's daughter. That's daughter up there. I was just going to say that. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Dynamite drop in money. And broadcast school has really paid off. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2. And now YouTube.com backslash 1080 The Fans, where you can see me and Swag talking back and forth between a window. If you missed the first hour of the show, Service Patriots have the podcast at 1080TheFan.com. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at ServicePatriots.com slash 1080TheFan. It will be up shortly. Okay, there we go. Along with the 97 other Service Patriots podcasts uh, as we sort the shows out between hours and literally every other three-minute segments. Uh, Vancouver Ford text line is 503-864-6326. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually watch on the live chat uh, right now. I'll check that up here in just a second and, and see what's happening on the chat. It's tough to... I got like eight different screens in front of me. I yeah, feel like I it's a command center right now. I got this iPad that I haven't yeah. played with at all because you're, you're... Captain Kirk. You're yeah. sitting on the bridge. And... Right, right. Yeah, you're my Spock. Thank you for being here with me. I appreciate you. Um, we have a lot to get to here in the second hour, Swigard. I want to talk about Washington escaping Arizona State. Yes. Wow. I was just thinking... I watched this game. My wife's like, are you watching a football game? I'm like, yeah. Somehow this is a close game and I can't believe it. And I was waiting for Washington to just erupt and just go on like a run of three straight touchdowns in three minutes and win. Are you just waiting for the bomb to a doomsday yeah. or something? It's like, okay. And it, it, nope, it no, came. kept going, kept going, kept going. Pick a flag up. No PI, PI, I don't know. But uh, that call seemed pretty big given the circumstance of the game. Let's start the second hour. Oregon beats Washington State, beats them pretty convincingly, even the 14 point. Uh, difference here. It was a much larger difference until about one minute left in the game. Story of the game, though, Bucky Irving in the run game. It seems to be the big takeaway for everybody. Bucky Irving with a massive effort for Oregon in this one. He had 129 yards on the ground. Oregon ate up Washington State uh, in this one. They got a 248 yards. Uh, total rushing 7.8 yards per average on this one. 
And there were plays in this swag where this game kind of started out a little tight, a little close, a little bit of the uh, Oregon hangover from Washington week type stuff, where I'm watching this, and Bo Nix has been fine this year. He's been good. But, Swag, I'm watching this, and I'm just like, run the football. Just run the football. 7.8-yard average. Irving couldn't be stopped. Jordan James rushed for 100. I love that Jordan James is just kind of in the background like, yo, I also rushed for 100 at a 7.9-yard clip. Oregon has these moments, Swag, where I'm watching them and they're operating, and I, I'm just in my living room like, run the football. Just yeah. run the football. It goes back to the days of uh, Michael James and Kenyon Barner. It's like you got two of them in there. Don't Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Draw everybody up. Count. You know, and then, okay, they bring all three linebackers are tight to the line of scrimmage. They're dropping a safety. Okay, you have numbers. Now Franklin's got one-on-one. Yeah. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, and look, Tez and Troy Franklin had good games. They're totally fine. Bo Nix, again, really good year. Just sometimes the Oregon, I go back to the Washington game with this too. There were times in that game where swag, I was like, yo, just just run the football right here. I just wonder sometimes if you, you... Are you out thinking the room, exactly. I guess, in some moments here? It, I, I'm not trying to say that they barely won this game. They well, comfortably beat Washington State. In, I think you can put it more in. I mean, Bo Nix is a guy who you can just put it in his hands. I mean, just have a formation, have a have a personnel package, and all right, count the defenders in the box. <laughs> if there's more, you know, if there's too many, throw it. If there's not enough, run it. Just yeah. Just let them do it. Well, this is a game this weekend. I don't want to do too much previewing here on a Monday because they just played a game two days ago. But this weekend is going to be maybe an example of this swag. Like, are they going to go to Utah? Are they going to be running at five, six, seven, or eight yards a clip? And are they going to have moments where you're screaming at your TV, just run the football, just run the football. Hey, run it twice. Statistically speaking, that's a first down. They've had moments like that this year where it's like, you're throwing? I think back to the goal line, the first half. I You want to go for that, a kick it, whatever. You had a timeout, and you were five yards away, and Bucky was running at a 6.3-yard clip. I bet we run it one time and then call timeout, or he scores a touchdown. Yeah, I, I just think there's some of those moments that's something to kind of monitor with Oregon is running the football is so efficient for them. And oftentimes, well, not oftentimes, but sometimes I find them throwing it, and I'm like, eh, I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> Not that most Duck fans are doing, because I don't think Duck fans are really bothering themselves with this, but I, I did see a little social media like, who's the MVP? Is it Bucky Irving? Is it Bo Nix? Is it... It's the offensive-defensive lines, guys. Like, let's not yeah. overthink the room here. Bo Nix, def- definitely better than Ty Thompson. I'm not going to argue with you there. Uh, you can make Jordan James-Bucky Irving conversation if you want. Bucky is amazing. I think Bucky's the best back Oregon's had since LaMichael. He runs just in a different style. He's a freak. Uh, he's hard to bring down. It looked like he got knocked out for a second in this game, and then he gets right back up, and he's playing again. But to me, their offensive line has been sensational. Bo has plenty of time to pass, and even when he rolls out, he's okay. And then the run game has been top-notch in this conference as well. I I think it's line play, and I think what you see, we talked about this earlier in, in the NFL, right, Swag, with the offense and defensive lines of teams like Philly, teams like Kansas City, and San Francisco. What you what you see they have in common, it's not always quarterback play or styles and schemes. It's just simply they've got the dudes on both lines, and that can dictate a whole hell of a lot. And when I watch Oregon, that's my takeaway. Bucky, awesome. 
Jordan James, an amazing backup. Bo Nix has had a great year. But, like, I don't think the re- I think the reason you don't hear a whole lot of conversation with Heisman anymore with Oregon is because of how good they are in all these spots. Franklin's been unreal for two weeks. Tez Johnson comes on this weekend. Bucky has a big game. Jordan James is running with a big game. Bo, statistically amazing, 18-25 for 293 and two tuds. These are good numbers. These are really good numbers. But I think because of how balanced they've been, for the most part, and stats-wise, you don't get as much Bo Nix Heisman love as you do a Penix or a, a fill-in-the-blank of some other candidate. I, I don't think he's in the running anymore. I might be wrong on this. Maybe he goes out and wins this game at Utah. He still has the Oregon State game. There's a lot in front of Bo Nix here. They but got I, USC, too. And USC. I think part of the Heisman conversation with Nix is he's been good, but not quite to the level he was last year. And also, they have really yeah. good players in the backfield. He's not having to do it all by himself. He's, he doesn't have to throw for 404 touchdowns for him to win. Right. So he's executing. I mean, he's clean. He's avoiding, for the most part, the the big interception. Um, but yeah, you're. I I would. Bucky Irving to me is more of a Heisman candidate from the Ducks than but, Bo. Than Bo, but mm-hmm. running backs just don't win it anymore unless you're just absurd. Well, and and this isn't to say that he's not, but like for that argument too, I I saw a little bit of that. Like maybe it's Bucky Irving. Jordan James had two less carries, and he yeah, also ran for a hundred yard. Like, I'm not saying Jordan James is as good as Bucky Irving, but his production's pretty damn well, good. You can split it, and so you're only getting you know 15, 16, 17 carries for each one of them, as opposed to one of them getting 25 to 30, where they could rack up 175, 200 yards a game. Well, they lost Whittington, and it, yeah. nothing changed yep. for them at all. Like Jordan James stepped right in, and he was already getting carries as the third down back or as a as a third back, and now you don't have Whittington. Uh, I was also really impressed defensively. I was kind of expecting this performance, but I wanted to see if they could do it. Washington State, I, Lincoln Victor obviously had a, a big game. Shout out Union High School there, the pride of Union. He set the school record for 16 catches in a game for Washington State. Other than that, it wasn't a whole hell of a lot going on. They couldn't run the football again. They had 22 total carries for a 2.6-yard average. Oregon's defensive line... Got the pressure to Cam Ward, made him feel uncomfortable, made any semblance of a run game non-existent for Washington State, which already was going in. But defensively, Oregon came back. And, you know, I didn't think Oregon actually played that poorly defensively against UW. Some of the numbers, like Dylan Johnson had a good game, and but Penix's numbers were down from where they statistically usually are. I thought that was a really impressive effort by their defense. Now you come back, you're coming off of that emotional loss. You're at home. You're a substantial favorite. Oh, here's a team that plays a little different than almost everybody else. Mobile quarterback, shifty, hard to prepare. You heard Dorless say that this past week. It's hard to prepare for Cam Ward because not many people can do what he was doing. I thought Washington State completely screwed themselves on an early fourth down call. It it wasn't the end-all, be-all. It wasn't going to change their circumstance in winning the game. Uh, but for the most part, a really, really impressive effort, Swigard, from what Oregon's defensive uh, group was able to do in that matchup. Because don't forget, last year Washington State was able to do to that Dan Landing defense. Yeah, I think they went back to to that film to see where they were able to have success. Yeah. And then you had that Arizona game. Okay, what did the Wildcats do to really confuse? There were times when watching that, I was like Cam Ward stood back there and he didn't know. It looked like he had no clue what to do. 
So what was Arizona doing? And I thought, you know, that game being fresh, um, seeing what you could take away from that, how they, because he looked confused. He was, he, and he initially had some time against the Wildcats and they were spying him. And sometimes they, they only rushed three and dropped. They had a spy on him, those sorts of things. So what could Dan Lanning pick off from that, that fit his personnel and schemes that he liked to do? So I think they had a good blueprint a better feel for how they wanted to attack him this time around. It certainly wasn't a cupcake game by any stretch, but when you're favored by three touchdowns, the expectation is you should get by this. And it was more so to see how was Oregon going to respond coming off of such a devastating loss? They responded pretty well. Slow start, but responded pretty damn well. Again, up three touchdowns in this one until a minute left in the game when, again, Cam Ward and the Cougars got a backdoor cover against Oregon. So Oregon rolls on 38-24 against Washington State. They take care of business at home, and now they go to Utah. Uh, We're going to have a whole hell of a lot on this game, including Bill Riley, the voice of the Utes this week, as they go to Salt Lake City for a 12-30 kick on Fox. Let's talk about the team up north. They struggled. The Huskies, Swigard, the Huskies were lucky to win one against Arizona State. We'll talk about that next on 1080 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers open overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Bill Conley is going to join us coming up, ESPN.com. The creator of SP Plus, his weekend takeaways in college football. I want to know how he can truly tell me if Penn State is a top 10 team in college football, given their schedule is a joke. So we'll talk with Bill Conley coming up at 730. Uh, get to some NFL what the hell happened. And uh, a check-in into Los Angeles, I think, is it has to happen on a Monday, given what's happened to their college football team. That, both their NFL teams. It was not a good weekend uh, in it, L.A. It wasn't a good—you know the, the Aaron Donald's never beaten the Steelers. Fun little fact. Yeah, I know. That's a weird— And you kind of feel like maybe the, the refs were helping him a little bit. Oh. What was up with that spot? Oh, what the hell was that? Uh, we're doing more Pittsburgh uh, referee things, huh? Okay. Well, it would help if the Rams kicker could, <laughs> you know, make a make a field goal. Yeah, Mars lost his confidence. He's got the yips. They're going to cut him today. You have to. Uh, he's, he's just. It, it's he's not over. like they're just, you know, just fading. Like he's duck hooking. He's yeah. snap hooking yeah. stuff. He's got a two way miss. Yep. He's speeth right now, just staring at his driver, going, "What the hell." 
Uh, Washington, speaking of what the hell, Washington this weekend at home against Arizona State, who have not beat an yeah. FBS opponent, that was a lot of what the hell. Yeah, they were, uh, yeah. Four of their six, uh, first six possessions, turnovers. Yeesh. Three fumbles, they lost two of them, and two picks. I mean, just not, not good play at all from the Huskies. We, we wonder, for the same thing we had wondered about Oregon swag, you know, I kind of expected a bit of a slow start, but I didn't have Washington scoring just 15 points. And I know Arizona State's defense is starting to get a lot of love and accolades around Pac-12 circles. I mentioned in the reference earlier, somebody said if if I think it was Alger, if Arizona State had or if USC had Arizona State's defense, they'd be undefeated. And, and that may be true, but Arizona State still came into this game 1-5, 0-3 in conference play. And Washington and Penix just did not play a clean game whatsoever. A very controversial call happened late in the second half with a pass interference, which was then picked up as a no-pass interference, even though a different camera angle, I thought, clearly indicated pass interference. And Washington ekes one out and gets out of uh, gets out of their home stadium with a win by the hairs of their chinny-chin-chin against ASU 15-7. How surprised were you to see it this close? Uh, very surprised. Like I, like I said, I got home from uh, from the little road trip, and I'm like, "Wait, what? Did the game just start? Was there a lightning delay or something? Why is it seven three? What are we doing?" And yeah, they were just uh, for whatever reason not ready to go. No. But this happens from time to time. Well, yeah, they're still nineteen, twenty, twenty-one year olds. You're you're living high, and I think that's always. And coaches will always tell you this. The toughest thing is, you know, when you're climbing the mountain and you have the goal and you're looking to take somebody down and get up there. Oh, yeah. You're you're so focused. Once you get there and start enjoying the view, then you find out where the motivation, you know, the desire to, to stay there. That's how you handle success will determine if you're going to, you know, be lasting or not. Well, some I mean, some years we see this all the time where there's just scares. I think the important thing is that Washington just got the hell out of there with a win. Figured out how to win. Yeah. Big pick six. Yeah, because, I mean, imagine today we come in and we talk about Arizona State beats Washington in Husky Stadium. <laughs> I didn't even think that was going to be close to possible, and yet I was watching this at 1045 at night going, oh, my God, they're they're really <laughs> going to lose this football game? ASU? But they did it. I remember there was a game, what was it, 2011, 2012, 2013, there was a game somewhere in that Oregon chip run where they, they like, narrowly beat Cal. You remember this one? It was, like, 15 to 13, or was it was a weird game. Was that the the Colvin fumble at the pylon game? Uh, I'm trying to see. Give me a second here. Internet's not working on our computer, so that's been wonderful <laughs> to deal with as I'm over here by myself. I can't remember. I have, Give me a second here. I can't bring it up. But, anyways, my, my point is... This just happens from time no, to time. No, this happens. You see it. You see it at the pro level too. What the hell was that, Detroit Lions? Well, yeah, but the difference is in the pro level, you can afford to lose the game. Right. It doesn't completely derail your season. It's a bummer for the viewer because you go, ah, cool. Detroit yeah. didn't show up, and Baltimore's just hitting everything now. But from time to time, football is going to football and itself, especially if it's against you know a, a one in four team or one in five team, and. Now that you have that, it's just a stain on you. Yeah. As uh, the college football playoff selection committee starts to 
convene and we'll get ready to release its first rankings here soon. Well, you also you also remind yourself that even though the Huskies defense isn't necessarily lauded as a top end group, when you have seasons or seasons that you are hoping you still are special, need them to win you a game occasionally. And that's exactly what it, it boiled down to. That defense had to win them that football game. Again, absolutely horrific that they picked that flag up. That's P.I. That's P.I. in every level of football. You cannot rip the jersey down two different times as the guy is backpedaling and fading to the ball. But even if you get past that, you need games like this occasionally in a season where the defense is the one that comes through and your offense was the one that struggled. And they got that. They got that in important times. Helps to get away with the P.I., but they did. There you go. Look at the conference looking out for itself. Exactly. Here's Kalen DeBoer. Uh, just, you know, his takeaway on having a close game in a game where many didn't think it would be a close contest. I'm proud that we found a way. I think finding ways to win in different, you know, th- with our defense, you know, today doing what they did, um, it only makes us stronger. It only makes our team have that much more belief. Um, I'm confident our offense will get back on track and, um, you know, get get out there and, and do their thing again. Um, but, you know, for our defense and then also special teams, I thought Grady Gross did a really nice job, you know, continuing to put the field goals through, and they, they, all, they all mattered. They all really mattered. So, um, you know, we can be down, um, but we can also just look at it and be, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, we got a gritty team that doesn't give up and, uh, you know, just is going to have a, a mindset of refusing to lose. Yeah, so DeBoer, I mean, his takeaway is kind of the same as everybody else. Somebody on YouTube said, these games are going to happen. You're just going to have close contests. I can't find the Oregon. Maybe I just remember a moment where Cal was close because when I saw the 15, it looked like Oregon beat Cal in 2011, 43-15. Maybe that was a closer game for a while than I remember. But um, the point is, sometimes good teams, just for whatever reason, not going to play particularly well. I will be stunned if Washington doesn't cover whatever that spread is against Stanford this weekend, which, by the way, has to be north of four touchdowns. It has to be like 28 and a half or 30, doesn't it? Stanford? Oh, yeah. Let me see if I can find it here. Okay. It's up yet. All right. We'll have Bill Conley coming on here at the bottom of the hour. We'll dive into what the hell is going on. There's a real weird vibe in Los Angeles right now with Lincoln Riley and USC, and they lose another game. This one, a heartbreaking a uh, game where Utah gets a field goal on the walk-off and Kyle Whittingham has a pig farmer win a game. So we'll get into that. We'll get into the NFL, what the hell happened in the National Football League. Uh, but Washington, narrowly escaping Arizona State. I'm not ready to say cause for concern. 26-and-a-half no, point favorites. I think Washington's going to house them. I think they're going to win that game like 42-10 uh, is kind of what I would think in that matchup. But we'll see if I'm wrong. I didn't think that they'd be in this close a contest against Arizona State, and then they were lucky to win that game at the end. Husky fan just got to be thankful the P.I. flag was picked up and that they kind of figured it out at the very end there. But the Husky defense did play well, and they escape Arizona State on to Stanford before they have USC. Uh, We'll have more of this uh, in the final hour. Bill Conley joins us coming up next, though. ESPN, the creator of SP+. Dive into the Pac-12 football with his takeaways there. And is Penn State a good football team? Bill Conley joins us for the Daily Ticker. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. It's Daily Ticker time, brought to you by... Just us, actually. It's just brought to you by us. We do this every day. Uh, we go around big stories. I thought of nobody but uh, anybody else. Bill Conley was the guy I was thinking of all week, and I'm like, I got to talk to Bill Conley about this college football madness because Bill's one of our favorites on ESPN.com, the creator of SP Plus Rankings. You can find him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C. Give him a follow. Uh, he's got a really good article uh, recapping the winners, losers, takeaways of a lot of teams in college football at ESPN.com. Bill, good morning. Thanks for hopping on with us. I, I, I want to start uh, one of the teams that lost this weekend, Penn State, where at no one point did I watch that Penn State-Ohio State game thinking Penn State's going to win this. Bill, <laughs> I, I go through your SP Plus rankings, and I, I know it's not you. It's just a, a metric you created, but I want to ask you, is Penn State, how do we know Penn State is really good? Like, I know statistically where they rank in the country, in their conference, <laughs> but outside of Ohio State, Michigan, Bill, they have no ranked opponents. Their non-conference was a joke. Like, they, they don't beat any good teams. How do I know how good Penn State really is? <laughs> well, we know how good the defense is. So I, I think we can confidently say that the defense is uh, outstanding. They have a track record. The defensive coordinator has a track record. They are what, like second, I think, in, in points allowed per drive, and they did just play Ohio State. Uh, so, yeah, I, for all intents and purposes, we know they have half of an awesome team. The, the thing about heading into this past weekend, though, is we had no idea what the offense was capable of against a real defense. And, and Ohio State, to their credit, you know, it, it's hard to shake reputations or kind of the, the, the assumptions we have about certain teams. Uh, and, and so for weeks now, I've felt like the Ohio State defense is a little bit underrated just because we can't quite grasp that they suddenly have one of the two or three best defenses in the country. But they do. And Penn State just had no they, – they only know how to nibble. They, they've created a, a, an offense this year that is kind of – just a set up to protect Drew Aller and, and protect him from mistakes, give him, you know, the easiest possible reads to make. Um, and that, that or his conservative tendencies are just overwhelming him uh, because he can't take risks. Uh, and, and sure enough, he goes out and he has like one, they had like one good pass play. Uh, they ran the ball. Okay. But they seem to be focused way too much on the pass early in the game. Um, and, and it dug them a hole that they never really seemed like they were going to get out of. That is a great way to describe Penn State. I'm going to use that the rest of the year. They only know how to nibble. I'm going to I'm going to use that the rest of the season for Penn State. Uh, USC. Oh, Bill, talk about heartbreak. USC loses to a backup quarterback at home. Second loss now. 
Got Emmanuel Acho out here saying Caleb should not play the rest of the season because it's all about the NFL. I hate that take, but what do you make of it? It just something's off about USC. And my my takeaway, Bill, is that Lincoln's maybe his agent's pretty busy right now with some NFL teams that might be eyeing his services. But there's something off and amiss about USC. What's your takeaway? Yeah, I mean the offense is still fine. Uh, they've really only under underachieved offensively. Uh, well, I guess you could count the Arizona game too. They ended up in the 40s because of overtime. But the Arizona Notre Dame kind of double there was was really poor de- uh, for the offense, and that was certainly new. Um, but yeah, they've just been <laughs> mostly because of the defense. They've been off for a while. They, you know, early in the season, I always talk about it, it's how you play, not who. Or we can tell even if you're playing weak teams, we can kind of tell if you're getting better or worse or whatever. And early in the season. Three games in, you can make a case that USC was definitely better than last year. The defense was at least okay. Offense was as good as expected. But over the last five games now, they, they got up to fifth in, in my SP Plus ratings. Over the last five games now, they've underachieved by an average of 17 points per game against the projections at hand. And they, I mean, they came pretty close to the projection this last week. So I think maybe we've seen kind of the bottoming out. Uh, we, we Maybe that's the end of the slide, unless Caleb checks out, in which case, uh, everything changes, I guess. But, but yeah, they really they just don't have it defensively. I, I remember I, I talked to Kevin Wilson, the old, the current Tulsa coach, former Indiana coach, former O, o coordinator at, at Ohio State and Oklahoma. And he, he when he was at Indiana, he talked about how offensively he knew how to build a culture. He knew how to set expectations. We're gonna we we need to hit this number of yards per game, points per game, whatever. This is how you build a good offense. He had no idea how to go to build build a good defense. And half decade into Lincoln Riley's uh, head coaching career, more than that, he still has no idea how to build a good defense. You just, it, it's just really interesting that he cannot get any better at this uh, at OU or USC. And it's holding them back. And it's holding USC back at the moment, even if they're still ahead of where they were uh, with, with Clay Helton, at least. Yeah, we're chatting with Bill Conley, ESPN.com. Uh, you can find him at ESPN, of course, on Twitter, at ESPN underscore Bill See, he's got his ugly win rankings, what close calls and bad losses in week eight mean, which I, I love to go through that. He's got the SP Plus rankings. Uh, I did see staff picks for ESPN.com. I always wonder how many of these things you guys do and participate in that you kind of forget about. But I saw staff rankings and, and predictions, and I saw that you have Washington in the playoff, or at least you did in the last staff picks, but Oregon is ahead of Washington in the SP plus. Yeah. So how does this unfold in your <laughs> when you're playing the Pac-12 game in your head and they're asking you to pick a playoff team from the Pac-12? How does that all project for you? Yeah. What's funny about the the I mean, we we do the playoff thing every week, every Saturday night. It's who's in your playoff, and and so I think some people maybe try to make a prediction out of it. I just have fun with it and say like if if I had to pick four right now, mm. uh, they'd be and and in that in that sense, of course, Washington's going to make it in. Uh, over somebody else but yeah I mean to your point SP plus is supposed to be a predictor and and I think with what we've seen over uh, the last few weeks especially it seems like Oregon's a lot more reliable than Washington right now um, you know Washington was okay against Arizona I mean Arizona's turned out to be a pretty good team um, so you know the fact that they kind of struggled to put that one away the offense really didn't have all that much trouble just kind of hit a, a, a rut momentarily so I wasn't really worried about that one Arizona State. Now, granted, Arizona State's defense has really stepped up the last few weeks. It hasn't stepped up that much. It hasn't stepped up to the point where Washington should be scoring eight off or seven offensive points or whatever it was. Um, and that's – or six, I guess. 
wait, yeah, now I'm confusing myself. Anyway, <laughs> um, single digits, and um, that's that, that shouldn't be happening at home. Even if you've got a little hangover after the Oregon game, uh, there was a defined lack of sharpness there that did concern me a lot. And, and Oregon just went out and handled the business against a pretty good Washington State team. So, yeah, I think if you want to make the case that moving forward, Oregon is probably going to be the better team, I, I think we could absolutely make that case. But, you know, obviously Washington won the game. So for now, they're the playoff team. Uh, what, is, what is your read right now, Monday morning? I, and I know we're still thinking about, obviously, USC losing on a field goal and Oregon taking care of Washington State. But what's your read on Oregon at Utah, 1230 kick at Rice-Eccles? Because I said it earlier, Bill, I think what Kyle's doing is pretty remarkable. How many coaches at programs all across the country could be six and one with their backup quarterback? And actually they've gone through two different quarterbacks. Yeah. So like, what's your read on Oregon at Utah? Yeah, they're, they're 92nd in points per drive right now. They make almost no big plays whatsoever. And they're six and one and just reminded everybody, Hey, we're the two time champs. We could do it again. And it'll screw everything up for everybody. Um, I, you know, I, I do trust Oregon more. I think Oregon's, uh, you know, if we're comparing offense versus offense, Oregon's obviously got a, a massive advantage there. And while this really might be Kyle Whittingham's best defense at Utah, Oregon's defense isn't all that bad. So um, I think just the overall uh, talent advantage and, and quality advantage obviously goes to Oregon. But this is just these are the games that Utah lives for. And, and absolutely, you know, they, they are the most antisocial program in the country at this point, besides maybe Iowa, I guess. Uh, and they live for these exact moments where they can go ruin somebody's play. Uh, you know, a, a sparkly new Pac-12 team thinking they have ambition, uh, go to Salt Lake City and have that ambition just uh, wrecked in front of you. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm picking Oregon because I think Oregon's really, really, really good. Uh, but I, there's not going to be any surprise here if Utah manages to figure out how to how to manufacture yet another uh, win out of nothing. Oregon went to Washington a couple a week ago, and the week off before that game, we had talked a lot about it because of the matchup. It had never been a top-10 matchup between those two teams. Yeah. Well, in the same way, Bill, last Monday, my team, my alma mater, Oregon State, not playing. They're on a bye week, and I'm just talking about how nervous I am because this game was announced as a Pac-12 after dark game, 7.30, zone of zoo, and that scares the living hell out of me. And I, yeah. I, I saw the SP Plus projections based on the numbers – uh, this this is a very uncomfortable game, I think, for Oregon State fan. They haven't, in the Jonathan Smith era, won a road game of substantial note. Like, the USC win was nice. That wasn't a very good USC team. Right. They, they haven't won that key road game yet. They came close last year, but they didn't do it. What say you, Bill Conley, because Arizona's found their quarterback in Fafita. What say <laughs> you with Oregon State going to the desert this weekend? Yeah, you're not supposed to, um, you know, replace your starting quarterback, your injured starting quarterback, and get like 20 times better. That's not the way any of this is supposed to work. Um, but no, I, Arizona, they were. Let's see, uh, after the Stanford game, which they barely won, they barely beat Stanford a month ago. Uh, they were 46th in, in SP plus. Uh, they're now 34th in, in three games. I was talking about underachieving against projections for USC. Last three week, games, they've overachieved by 11 and then 17 and then 46 against Washington State. Uh, they're a team that absolutely did not want a bye week last week. They wanted to keep going, I'm sure. But, no, it, it's hard to – you never know what what a three-game sample is. That really could just be, you know, the, uh, teams were, were not ready for Fafita to, to – to play the way he did. They didn't have a read on his tendencies yet. Uh, the offense got a huge advantage from it, and maybe that advantage goes away now, especially 
since the, their upcoming opponent is both very good and has had time to actually study film, maybe that's the end of it. Or maybe it really ju- has just clicked and they're going to be, you know, eight and four here, nine and three at the end of the season after a, a ridiculous hot streak. This is, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I t- I've said the word trust a lot. I trust Oregon State because we know that they've been awesome for a year and a half. But, yeah, I would not want to play Arizona in Arizona at any time of day, much less Pac-12 after dark right now, because they are a massive wild card in this race. Do you got upset this weekend with that game? <sighs> no, I, I, I want Oregon State to, to continue winning just to make things really weird here down the stretch. So I'm going to go with my, the heart and, and pick Oregon State. But, yeah, nothing's going to be surprising with either Utah or Arizona, uh, you know, because we, we've just seen these types of results too many times. Yeah. Yeah, that's a game that makes everybody nervous out here that has a, a rooting interest in it. And uh, Oregon, Washington, we'll see where all this thing's going to sort it out. Bill Conley, ESPN, ESPN.com, SP Plus rankings. You can find him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C. Bill, you know, we always appreciate the time out here. Thanks for hopping on with us and talking to Pac-12 football and kind of giving us your thoughts on where all this sits right now. Absolutely. All right, there we go. Good stuff from Bill Conley. Says it's a really tough spot. Any Anytime you go to Arizona, it's hard. Uh, but it's a really tough st- uh, spot for Oregon State. Says it feels like Oregon is a lot more reliable than Washington, but Washington won the game. So for now, you give the Huskies that credit. But what Oregon has done consistently offensively and defensively uh, has been remarkable. And he basically called Utah the Iowa of the Pac-12. They just want to win 9-6 to if they can, or maybe they stretch it out and get to the 30s if they play a bad defense. I want to talk about one program as uh, there's – there's echoes and whispers of uh, shutting it down. The season's over for this team already, even though the season's not over. It's a weird situation what's happening. We'll talk about it next on The Fan. We'll get back into uh, Oregon and Washington coming up. Good stuff there from Bill Conley. Service Patriots Podcast 1080thefan.com is where you can find the conversation if you missed it. Or you can always check back to the YouTube.com backslash 1080thefan feed. Uh, are we on? Because I have an iPad in front of me and highlights when uh, there's certain cameras on and there's nothing highlighted. No. Uh, uh, our our one engineer in the building, He's he, he was here. Not an engineer. So it was great. So I saw I saw the light on. Yeah. And said, hey, can you can you give us just a tight shot of the two of us? Right. So he, I said, can you do it quick or is it something we got to wait till after the show? Okay. So he's here in the studio trying to get us a little better camera shot. So it's. Are we on right now? Uh, on the YouTube feed? Are we on? We're I, not on. I can't. Are we tell. on? Oh, he says we're on. Oh, there he is. Joey, right. Joey Rogan. Joey Rogan. That's you should hear right. him laugh. He's got the uh, Seth Rogan laugh down. Uh, our thanks to Joey for being in here this early because it's crazy. But um, yeah, good stuff, though, from Bill. I don't know what the read is for USC fan. You'd have, you'd have to ask the Danny Meringues of that. But we've known USC is a little fraudulent for a while. I, I will say, I, I still caution everybody, like, if Caleb plays, good luck just assuming you're going to win the game because that defense is bad, but Caleb is dangerous. Oh, they can put up 50 points on any given Saturday. But you can score 55 is kind of the point that everybody makes. Look what Utah just did, right? There's a really weird vibe in USC right now. Uh, you had Emmanuel Acho of S- uh, Fox Sports, who does the halftime and pregame stuff with Chris Peterson. And uh, Mike Hill, he basically came out and said, Caleb should shut it down, shouldn't play another game. And while I will fully admit, if you want to skip a Vegas Bowl to go get ready for the NFL, I have no problem with that. 
this is where you kind of lose me. And you might be saying, well, what's the difference here? Well, one, it's like two, three weeks off is a difference. Okay, the season's over. You weren't very good. You're okay. You want to get ready for the combine. Okay, whatever. To suggest that a player should shut it down now because they have two losses. Financially, maybe you can make a good argument for it given his draft stock. But it's still ridiculous to hear a former player say out loud, like, just quit on your team now, even though the season's not over. I I just don't understand that. And the other thing I would add is, the way Lincoln's handling this and the media backlash he's getting, boy, it's getting real loud to the point where something's wrong. Something's off here with USC. There's something not happening at USC, and whether that's accountability or good coaching or caring at all about the defense, the way USC has looked in their two losses and the way USC is not executing late and the way USC can knock it off the field in pivotal spots, USC is a real problematic situation right now. They're lucky to be in the top 25, uh, given what they've done now with their two losses. But something is, there's there's a weird vibe with USC right now, Swigert. Something's not clicking right now uh, for the old Trojans down in Southern California. No question. He acts like he wants to only have the responsibilities of an NFL head coach, not really a college football head coach. He just just wants to coach, and you certainly get that vibe that, and then you're going to to the Big Ten, so you're going to have, depending on your schedule, you're going to have four or five conference games every year that you will be judged on rather than two or three. Well, but he's not going to have Caleb next year. Yeah, I know. Like, imagine you, you, this USC team without Caleb Williams is what? Are they a bowl team? Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're all that. Like it, That defense is truly so bad that I don't know if they're a bowl team without Caleb Williams. That being said, as much as I've advocated or talked about Lincoln going to like the NFL and hypothetically throwing out Los Angeles, he isn't doing himself a whole hell of a lot of favors right now. The way this looks... The way that their defense is just completely collapsed and looks ugly. And even the Notre Dame game, like, that's their big top. Oh, Notre Dame at 250 yards. Cool. And you lost by two touchdowns, three touchdowns? So the the minute Caleb has a bad game, you can't win. And the minute your defense doesn't show up, which is almost always, you can't win um, against teams of, of that matter. And so I, I just... Keep watching USC the next couple weeks. You got UW coming up in two weeks. We'll see what happens in that one. Obviously, they're going to go to Eugene, I think, right after the UW game. It's just a really weird vibe, and I don't think Lincoln's doing himself any favors right now. Didn't let any players talk to the media. Like, the first time that that's happened at USC. Yeah, I don't I don't know what he's trying to... That That's odd. Normally, I don't think just... he wants coach. I I'm, I genuinely believe this to my bones. I think he's afraid that one of the players is going to say something to suggest that the defensive coaching is atrocious. Mm. I just, well, I don't know what other, what other reason do you have to protect the players? It's going to get out one way or the other. It's kind of getting out by their performance. Yes. That was, that's a dreadful performance. At this point, nobody will be all that shocked. I mean, it's always draws headlines that somebody actually went on the record and said something. Sure. But nobody will be all that surprised about what was said, just that somebody said it out loud. Do they beat UW or Oregon? Are those... Who it's do they at, get at home? They're not going to win on the UW, road. It's UW at home and then at Odson. 
They're not going to win at Hudson. Will they beat UW? That will that defense against that offense, who just played their worst game of the year. It's out of their yeah, system now, right? It's out of their system. You would think <laughs> the only the only question is, and this is the one thing that secondary does come up with turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing they've been able to do. So, uh, and Washington. Prior the, to this week, Penix wasn't giving up a whole no, lot. No, he wasn't giving up a lot. The question will be, will they go back to the one thing they did against Oregon better than they had done all season was rush the ball consistently. I think they could do that against USC. Will they be disciplined enough to do it? That'll slow down the pass rush so they can pick and choose when they want to throw yeah. and keep keep the pass rush off of Penix. Yeah. That would be the game plan if I, if I was in there. Hard to see the defenses coming up with key stops when they need to, but... To be fair, because they haven't played the game yet, we did see Pinnock's turn the ball over three times this weekend against ASU. And if they're not playing the cleanest game, that lends themselves in a position where a Caleb Williams can get them. I, I hate the take by Acho. Please play. Caleb Williams playing football is something that I love to see. Even if his team loses, he's still incredible to watch. Uh, and so I don't like that. Take. I just got to think, as far as NFL GMs go, if you're pulling that stunt in college, unless something weird really happened, like if you had concussions or something like that. If you're hurt, then sure. But just to pull the plug because your season isn't going the way you wanted and you don't want to risk it. Don't like it. I, I can't imagine NFL GMs being down with that. Uh, we'll pause for the college football. We'll get back into it in the final hour. I want to talk a little NFL to start the final hour of the show. Oh, I thought you were going to go baseball because the baseball playoffs finally delivered this past weekend. Uh, we will get to baseball. Friday was unbelievable. Okay, we will get to baseball in the final hour as well. You can tell me what's happening in Major League Baseball. Uh, but it's a loaded final hour. Dirt and Sprague, we're on YouTube, 1080 The Fan, and the Odyssey app as well. Uh, final hour of the show is next on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 